Crisscross Applesauce, and welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast. A podcast where Isaac Schiller interviewed beautiful, amazing, ugly, incredible people. I'm in the area of. It doesn't matter what you are, what you look like, what you do. I want to interview you and figure you out. Today, I'm joined by Paul Beach the mastermind of the Source Runs North Trans-Canada Canoe Expedition, a 2,800-mile canoe journey across Canada over 109 days. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to the channel. And if you didn't enjoy today's episode, subscribe to the channel. Enjoy today's episode. In the, in the, in the area, area. I had taken so much ownership of the planning process. Um, and it was really hard for me to, to let go, to kind of give that trip up to everyone else. I hope I'm not like mm-hmm. coming off as like douchey here. No. Um, that was like, to sort of introduce that democratic process and have that system where we all kind of cared about it, like took away from the work that I had done to put it together. Again, like I'm I'm not like totally, that trip was only successful because of all of us. I'm not trying to like throw myself into like the, the leadership role there, but letting go of that was terribly difficult, really hard can't really explain it but yeah and i think we all trusted you to be the leader from the outset too and it seemed like it was something you were uncomfortable with uh, again it kind of brings back to that that sort of discussion of uh you know like why that that first group failed it wasn't me it was it was uh cory kirshner was the one taking on the brunt of it and like everyone kind of was like trusting him to do everything and it ended up just being him doing everything and it fell apart no one else like took ownership of anything and like the thing just dissolved. And that was sort of my, my worry, right? That, yeah. So that's what sort of drove right. the process. And in, in, in you're saying, are you saying that carried on a little bit into the trip even after it began? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it, it began, like, I thought it was going to be super easy, right? Like, look, we're going to make this democratic. We're going to, you know, do this, this, very communally we're going to do it very diplomatically yeah and then you get in and, and then you do it and you're like whoa like dude i just lost control of this whole thing tariff I mean it, it kind of brings you know yeah. like why was i like couldn't sleep the night before like, yeah you know again like so hard to let go of that whole playing oh process and, you know yeah totally that was it were, were, were there any moments uh, when you felt like this the democratic system was failing us there were no uh like it was successful, right? Like yeah. you're pointing to. I think it was instrumental in in how the trip functioned. It had a ton of drawbacks. So like it encouraged people to to sort of think for themselves more more so than I had hoped for. It introduced conflict into daily decisions that was avoidable. It like went contrary to like the entire outdoor leadership model that we had grown up with and were comfortable with. It was this new thing and it was, it was hard to navigate. 
it was just so many intricate, like it was tough. Sorry. Yeah. Like, can you, can you describe some of those aspects that made it hard? Um, in a couple ways. So you could like think of like any sort of like daily discussion. Like it usually ended up being like, where do we camp tonight? Like that's like, you know, the thing we have every day. Um, if you take someone on a different trip, who's like running it, right. They're the leader and they have a very good, especially if they've been doing it for a while, they, they can see everyone. They can have a very good read on where is the breaking point for people how far, how close we should go to that and, you know, what's appropriate, right? When you take that sort of person out of the equation and you kind of make it based on people's personal opinions, right? You can kind of get past that breaking point unintentionally and it, it, it makes mm. kind of awkward and then it, it yeah. and that will, you know, by consequence introduce other conflict, you know, like, People are tired, hungry, yeah, and you know, wondering why, you know, why they are like so miserable, right? And it, it, like stuff gets taken on, on like on other people, yeah. So that was like a big one. The second one is like just by nature of having to vote on things. It like just like people have different opinions, right? And if you give everyone like equal weight, it's like people are you know pretty strongly opinionated. Like me myself too. Like fuck. Like I want to do this. Like, like holy shit. Like we can't. Are you fucking kidding me. <laughs> so I mean that that is like the second thing, and, and like yeah, it, controlling that and like learning how to to you know understand each other through that sort of that medium that that system is it was tough. It, it took it took it took some time. Do you think it influences people to think less like a leader? Uh, or at least influenced us to think less like leaders. Not, not, not really. I don't think anyone like, like lost that sort of sense. But I think that's that's the outcome, right? I mean, I think it's you, you remove that the voice that's needed sometimes to tell people like, look, this is what we're doing. I mean, it, um, especially in that environment where it's. You're the most physically tired, the most mentally tired you've probably ever been. And, you know, now you got to go vote on something. Like, I mean, it does sort of remove that, that, that mode of thinking in, in some respect. Was there, a, was there a point in the trip that you ever regretted going on the trip? Um, yeah, I think there's, in, in, and not the way you think, right? Like, there was never a point where I was like, man, like we should, I shouldn't have done this. Like, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't me. I love that trip. I think every second of it, but at the same time, you get a lot of time to think in the boat, right? Like you get a lot of time to, to, you know, stir in your own thoughts and you kind of compare what you're doing at the time. Some of those, some of those moments, man, like you're portaging, you, your face is all swollen from the bug bites. You got athlete's foot. It's like developing pretty poorly. Um, you, you're hungry. You've been hungry for, for about a week. 
and the trip kind of loses its it's uh you kind of at that point you lose some some sense of like how much it means and it, it becomes like this mundane endless like um like slog i guess and, and you kind of you're in this trip, but you have this sort of sense of the outside world still, and you're thinking about all your friends back home or getting careers, buying houses, getting married, and you're out here suffering like this. And it, it, it's this, this tough contrast to sort of, you know, um, get a hold on. So there's no point in the trip, I guess, where I, I, I wish I, I wanted to quit. I wish I didn't do it. But it sometimes, I, for like, you felt silly doing it sometimes. I don't know if there's a better word for it. Like, what are we doing out here? Yeah. Like, why did we do this? Is this, is this important? That was like the, the heart of some of the, I don't know, I guess insecurity of, of what we were doing. Do you feel like it was important? Yeah, of course, after the fact. But again, I, you kind of lose yourself in that sort of, in those days where it's it's the toughest when it's when it's i don't know when you have all that stress and you just want to like not have it anymore how do you think you pulled yourself out of you know those moments uh humor i'd say humor all the time just kind of taking things lightly and making making things fun where it generally is hard to find things to be fun what were some of the humorous things that we did that you really appreciated <laughs> uh man what did we do that i can i can bring onto this the show here <laughs> um we definitely had a bunch of accents we were constantly using that was uh <laughs> a good i don't know a little exercise there <laughs> um Bring me up to speed here. What, 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 what's something? I, I can't like, what the, what's a clean version of like something? Right, right. <laughs> Man. Um, I feel like a lot, like a lot of the times it wasn't even like a big, like a, a pattern of things. It's just like being goofy with each other. Just like that, I think quite put very simply. Um, yeah. It's just that camaraderie, like constantly sort of, you know, taking things, you know, kind of removing yourself from the situation, making fun of it, making fun of each other, <laughs> making, you know, like making it a fun atmosphere to be, you know, and, and sort of using your, your, you yourself and your friends to make a, a great atmosphere when, you know, it, it could, in all respects, is, is not really what it is, right? I mean, that's, it's the sort of the trick to the whole thing. Do you think that, um, the time after dinner was when we'd be most goofy? It's most of the time. I think, you know, throughout the day, I mean, it always kind of, <laughs> it, it kept itself going. But, you know, dinner could be anywhere from super serious to, you know, super lighthearted, you know, a chance for someone to get someone off their back or a chance for, you know, you know, just to unwind after miserable day were there any parts of the trip that um 
didn't go as you expected them to go that that deviated pretty far from how you anticipated um that's a good question um really hard to sort of put myself back in my pre-trip shoes and and sort of think about what we were going to do and because you know it's kind of all all there already um i never thought we were going to do the slave rapids that was a surprise welcome one um that was super cool experience can you describe those rapids um nothing like too extreme but i mean it's this this mile long the river kind of goes up through saskatchewan where where, where even is that i think it's alberta by that point but it dumps back back over the canadian shield and it like you know, kind of drops off and it's this, this 20 mile section river where it opens up to like a mile wide, you know, drops a couple hundred feet. And it's like these huge world-class like rapids, a bunch of kayakers go up there every summer and, you know, film all their videos there. We were lucky enough to like, to know someone who kind of knew a little sneak route we could take. So we kind of had him pilot us and we, we ran like the far right side and kind of snuck out middle, middle and little places and super cool experience. Like looking out over that you know, giant river and all that massive water. Yeah. Um, you know, nothing, nothing extreme, nothing super risky, but um, a pretty profound experience to to be able to do. You and I, fair, we 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 got the opportunity oh, dude, to follow. Yeah. You know, leave and um, you and I were the only boat that decided to ferry into these. You know, what was it, class four through some class four water. Um, and look over uh, Pelican Rapids. Mm-hmm. Are you happy that we decided to do that? After the fact, for sure. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is a pretty risky decision. You're ferrying over these, like, you know, if you miss the ferry, like, you're not going to have a good day <laughs> at the very least. Um, but we got right, right in the middle, right into the heart of it. Took some cool pic, like some cool pictures and, you know, ferried on back and, you know, at the time, I was like, "Man, like that was a pretty, pretty ballsy decision for a couple of pictures." Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty dumb. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's good to look back on it. We, right? Yeah, like it's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel like, like another thing? Do you are you happy that we did the yellow knife? Yeah, I definitely am. I I was worried that the the rigor that we weren't that it was going to be another step up from from how challenging the trip was. And that that sort of step would put the group dynamic in danger. That was my like, you know, worst case scenario worry. Um, so I was constantly sort of like trying to, I don't know, prepare people, prepare myself for like other options that weren't getting, like, cause you know, to, to have this plan and, you know, set this route and then sort of deviate from it kind of really takes away from the heart of like, you know, overcoming the obstacle part of the whole trip. But Super, super glad we did the yellow knife. It was harder than I expected. It exceeded all my expectations. It was a beautiful piece of country, beautiful piece of like history we were kind of walking through. And it was uh, like at the end of it, we all, you know, really, you know, you know, under like came through with a mutual understanding of like what we did together. I think the yellow knife really tied together the trip in ways that another route was like could not have done it was a pretty i was so glad we did it 
And same, and 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 then, what was your impression of the hotted land directly following the yellow knife? Um, <laughs> parts of it where it was a little too much. <laughs> like, what are you referring to? There's little parts of like that winter river. It's a little little section of river we we followed that it was just like, excuse my language, but it was a little bullshit. Like, just like the yellow knife was challenging, and I thought it really pushed our our sort of our ability to you know to do stuff and and it, it provided a very adequate challenge the winter river was uh it just hilariously difficult <laughs> it's just like like boulder fields all day you know portage in constantly the bugs got worse it was cold it was getting colder um and it was just on top of this like after three weeks of kind of you know going up the yellow knife uh, you know, starting to feel the weight come off, like our food, our diet had changed after Yellowknife and we weren't able to eat as much and just like slowly having that, that sort of build up to this kind of high land crux. Um, and again, just to reiterate, like after the fact, so glad we did it. Like can't stress it enough. It was a super powerful, super incredible experience, but, but bullshit. Do you feel like the copper mine was a fair reward for those toils? No. <laughs> Short answer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but a great reward. <laughs> Definitely not fair. <laughs> um, but that, like, that last day in the copper mine, when like after that little cell worked its way through, I made that bluebird day, I, I don't think I could even come close to like having a, a day on a canoeing trip that, that came close to that. It was like 50 miles of straight class one, a couple of class three bumps down there. It was just constant. It was just this, like through these, these beautiful canyons, through like the tundra, we saw a bunch of wildlife. We like just so, felt so lucky to be there. And it was like this incredible, um, like wouldn't, like, wow, it takes your breath away. It takes, you know, really can't describe it. But, it it comes on the back of like three weeks of, you know, pulling upstream. It, it you could fly in, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, cool. What what would you describe as the most visually striking part of our trip? Um, really, like striking, visually impactful. I think just seeing the expanse of a couple things, like Lake Winnipeg, felt different than a lot of other bodies of water. The tundra also felt super different. The lack of trees, that feeling of open space. Um, striking though, maybe I think like the cliffs down the copper mine and like um, like things like Rocky Defile where you're kind of like under like these, these you know, pretty towering cliffs. Yeah, I'm pretty striking. Yeah, and and how about uh, wildlife? Were there any parts of the trip that um, you were taken aback by the wildlife? Mm, aside from the bugs, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't know. I thought the the birds on the Saskatchewan River were ooh, ooh the birds, man. I saw a lot of birds. I think the coolest thing we saw was the, the couple of those muskox yeah. at the very end. Very cool animal. What is a muskox? Very 
It's like a, looks like a bison. I guess it's more related to like, you know, one of those goats from Mongolia. Um, somehow, that old bridge of land. But very, like seemingly prehistoric, like pretty cool animal. Um, makes funny grunt noises. <laughs> I don't know. There's, after a while, I mean, all the wildlife you see, like you see like, you know, a couple moose a day, it kind of gets old. Um, didn't see any bears, which was a, a bummer and a blessing. I mean, we were bringing that gun the entire, you know, 109 days and never had to pull it out once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wish we saw a bear though. Wish we saw one. Like a grizzly? Yeah. Hearing those wolves too. That oh morning, my gosh. That might, that might be it. Just like, they were so close. Like right over the hill. How many do you think there were? I couldn't tell you. At least, you know, more than two or three for sure from the amount of amount of howls. But they were right there, you know, less than half a mile away. Just kind of watching us. Crazy. I mean, that one wolf the day before was following us down the shoreline. I mean, definitely probably the same same group. Were you scared? No, not really. I mean, Maybe less, I don't know if less, less, less so than I should have been. Um, but definitely creepy. Maybe some, yeah. some kind of creepy vibes and you go to the bathroom there. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. well, we should maybe, maybe leave. <laughs> I don't know. Not sure what, what the, the sort of inherent danger that is. But. Were you ever scared on our trip? Um, all the time. I think, I don't think I, there was a day that, you know, I didn't perseverate over some fucking <laughs> stupid detail or or think about uh like how things could go wrong. Never like scared in like a physical danger sense, I think. More constantly stressed about sort of how we were gonna do it and how how many things could go wrong. That was That was where the where the scared feeling, I guess, comes from. Never like, oh my god, dude! Not never like thought I was gonna die, or never thought I was gonna like the trip was gonna end. Never like for real. But what about that moment on? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, it was on the church. Well, there are two moments that I think of now. One on Winnipeg. The, the that one on Winnipeg, and I've talked about, and we've talked about that on the podcast. Um. And then also the second moment that I think about is on, um, man, it, it was like, it was one of those lakes on the Churchill where uh, we were sailing and it just, the weather devolved rapidly. Okay. <laughs> um, and it, it like that thunderstorm came in and then the winds were just like, it, it, it went from like the best sailing day in the world to like the most scary, <laughs> like a super scary moment. So I think that second one, we, we did come a little bit closer to, to disaster. <laughs> Can you describe that? So yeah, we were we were sailing. We were going really fast. Like the there was definitely a bunch of storms in the area. We were keeping an eye on them. And we were booking it. Dude, the wind was ripping. And we just put those sails up when we were flying. And it was kind of this like awkward, like not a race, but people were pulling ahead, you know, you're trying to really yeah. catch up to them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, man, the wind just like totally picked up like in a like crazy. Like a huge gust came through and and it was like 
all the boats almost like swamped from from these these sails like pulling the front of the boat like over the water um but i guess from the atmosphere of like the comp like the comp the competitive atmosphere we had just like made the situation didn't seem very serious uh, from yeah my, no a hundred percent right yeah but I, I i just remember there was a distinct moment where it was no longer fun yeah, and it was like it switched like but it, but there was but that like you never felt in my like i never felt like like scared in that moment it was more like an automatic like okay like this this we're stopping this now we're gonna get to shore and the wind i mean it, it that that gust was in there for like two or three minutes or something maybe not even I mean, it was like this very short moment where, you know, there was a possible catastrophe, possible, you know, whatever, situation, scenario, whatever, whatever word you want to use. Um, never felt uncomfortable. Glad we pulled off. No, no one swamped, whatever. Totally cool. The first situation, Winnipeg, was a totally different story. I think among all the decisions we made on the trip, Paddling in there was was uh, <laughs> maybe the worst. I think I can't think of one where like I regret doing more. Um, just to give like a little backstory, we we were like less than a day from the end of Lake Winnipeg, and a huge storm had rolled in the night before and kicked up a bunch of waves, but we couldn't really tell because we were in like kind of protected with a small bay. So we decided to, you know, go chance it and paddle. It was a tailwind. So it's really, really hard to tell until we got into it. And it was like this three or four mile long section that was pretty exposed. And as soon as we get into it, we couldn't turn around. And all we had to do is kind of just ride it out. Am I, am I sort of explaining yeah, this absolutely. pretty well? Um, and so we get like halfway through it and we realized like, like, dude, like these waves are enormous. Like, you can't, you know, you'd get up on the crest of it. You try and paddle. Your paddle wouldn't hit the water. Um, we weren't taking on too much water, you know, thankfully. But at the same time, it was like this weird interaction between like waves that were kind of coming off off of this bay. And it was like kind of peaking in a way that, that really like tested the the balance of the two people in the boat more so than the dynamics of the waves, like kind of put, putting water in the boat. So it was like this, this kind of balance for, you know, 45 minutes kind of riding this thing out. And for me, I had never felt a feeling like that. Wasn't scared. I was overcome more so with like this very powerful, like sadness. Can't really describe it. Really? It was just so, so sad. I was just like watching this trip like completely collapse. Like, cause I was, me and Axe were behind watching you and Quinn were in front, I believe. And then Bram and Jimmy were in between. And it was just like really, really like, I think maybe the most powerful moment for me at, for the whole trip, just watching all the work we did like collapse in this this just like this everything meant so much like we were like so invested in it 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 was challenging but like as soon as we hit that like nothing really meant anything anymore it was just this like 
oh, like, we're going to maybe drown? Cool. Like, it was just this profound, like, just watching the birds, like, kind of carelessly, like, watch us. So we sort of, like, rocked up and down in the waves and just kind of floated. Like, can't, it's really hard to describe. Wasn't, wasn't scared. Just terribly, terribly sad. Really weird. Really weird. Yeah. And then that was immediately chased by a huge conflict. Oh, yeah. We, we, had, we got there. It was like, all started yelling at each other. It was like, guys, we, we got to camp. Like, <laughs> yeah. You said it in, in other terms that made us laugh, and it was actually super helpful in that moment. Yeah. Um, but, again, I think that, that was a, a great lesson of just, you know, not really taking things for granted. You know, sort of evaluating things differently. What are some other lessons? That's what I mean, among among many. Um, what would you say? <coughs> I'm just, and I'm and when I ask you that, I'm just asking about the trip in general, yeah. not not from just that moment. Um. Yeah, and then again, it just opens up just so many. What to choose from is the... I guess, do you have any um, primary takeaways? I think, and maybe this could be worded better, but like how you treat each other is more important than, you know, how many miles you paddled. Mm. Um, that's a huge one. Yeah. There's no substitute for good preparation. Um, mm. I mean, it is, you know, even if you're not like following that, I mean, it just helps to, to prepare, I guess. Um, but I think that first one, I think is like the biggest takeaway, sort of like cherishing each other's company and, and the sort of the stories you had instead of really caring about, you know, the route you did or the rapids you ran portages you did um as much as that was such a driving factor i love that. for all, all of us doing that was just the the sort of extreme challenge of the whole thing yeah at what moment did did the trip end for you uh in many ways different points i think it ended at one point when i was i knew we made it we got down to that, that last, even before we even made it to Kukluktuk, I think. Maybe when I was like 100% sure we, we were going to make it. And we, we got through that last portage, put our boats in the water at the bottom of Bloody Falls and had that last 10-mile stretch. Um, I mean, I mean you're, not, you're not in the wilderness anymore. You're paddling by houses and you're done. Um, I mean we're still making this movie for the trip. We still all hang out. Like there's, it's kind of extended way well, well, well past beyond like that, that last day. Um, so maybe, maybe it's not even over. I don't know. It, it's, it's still like, it's a lot. People explained this to me before I left that the trip will be a lot to process and it'll take time to, to really understand what happened? It's like okay, cool, whatever. But so true. It just it 
the more you think about it, more like little things kind of, you know, little lessons will pop up, things you can take from it. I mean, you can't, you keep opening the same book. No, you know, it's there. And, and what is it like being back in society? Or what, I guess, what was it like for you uh, directly after the trip? Man, it was, uh, it was hard. I really didn't like coming back from the trip. Uh, I had some terrible advice given to me to sort of not really plan anything and just kind of figure it out after. And like not having a routine anymore not having this sort of, that goal to chase. It was really difficult coming back from that. But not easy. Um, and like trying, again, like trying to just let it go. I mean, you, you couldn't really. But, um, yeah, not, I mean, again, people talk about like, you know, the post-trail depression for like through hikers and the AT, the same thing definitely applied to us. I'm not sure how, how you dealt with it, but it was uh, having all that stress every day, that routine, and like suddenly having that just taken away was, uh, was pretty crazy. Um, but definitely good to go, be able to go to McDonald's and, you know, smash the... Uh, <laughs> The value menu, and, yeah. you know, just get on, get inside when it rains, mm. you know, not have to paddle for 12 hours a day. All great things at the end of the day. Um, as great as they are in their own respect, but they all require some sort of, some balance. Mm. But, you know, it was... I think I entered back into society well, probably better than I'm thinking I did, but definitely took some time. For sure. But you, you feel at a point now where... Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things you like, you look at some people who had like way more epic trips than we did. Go back like, you know, hundreds, hundreds of years. You look at like George Back's trip went up the Yellowknife. They ate each other. And then he went a couple of years later and did another one. And you're like, you're thinking about it when you're up there and you're like, how could you go back? This sucks. Dude, like, these bugs are so bad. You know, we're getting along well, but like these guys had no food. Like, what, what drives you to, to get back to this environment? And you like, you come back to society, maybe more, way more so for them. Like nothing really matches that that drive and that, that sense of meaning that, that that sort of endeavor would give you, especially for something like that, where, I mean, you're like, for them, like looking for the Northwest Passage, like can laugh at it, but it was just this, this super, you know, super cool goal that they, they wanted so, so badly that they would go to an environment where they were risking like cannibalism, right? Like, are you kidding me? So, you, like, at, during the trip, I was like, like, I couldn't understand it. Like, this is my, my last sort of 
venture out here, get it all out of my system. Like, this is really cool, but I'm going to move on, right? You kind of get that sense when you move back. Like, I can see myself going back. This could be a thing. But, um, yeah. Is this the first hint of uh, 2.0? Definitely not. (laughs) No, for sure, no. No, but uh, Um, thank you for bringing up those... uh, Past Explorers. Um, well, can you talk a little bit about John Franklin and, and how that inspired our route? I mean, it was pretty much the same thing that he did among other more recent. Um, and do you mind explaining John Franklin? Yeah, John Franklin was a British military officer who was sent out here to go find the the Northwest Passage. And he did it an overland route that ended up taking him down up the Yellowknife and then down the Copper Mine. And then they went, you know, explored the the sea for a little bit and then it went back up the hood, which is like, you know, kind of a, a parallel river to the the copper mine that, that dumps in the same body of water. And winter came early and the short, the short story is they didn't, didn't all make it back. Um, and then he did a couple other trips culminating in like, you know, 10, 20 years later, he took like 120 people out by ship through some of the, you know, islands north of canada right and they all died no one knows what happened to them just all disappeared so you know kind of interesting character you can kind of look in the story and kind of look in all the failures of this sort of english or british sort of methodology of you know how they approach that sort of thing and like look how irresponsible and, and dangerous that stuff was and how they did it and brings in a whole bunch of questions but um that sort of that that drive to explore the unknown and, and like kind of walking through their steps was was pretty pretty cool and and going through the like the names of the lakes like starvation river last fire lake like winter the winter lake winter river all stuff that was named at like green stockings lake like all stuff that was just named after everything that they did it was like whoa kind of cool super cool and uh, another another cool element of our trip, I think, is all the the characters that we passed along the way. Ton of them, <laughs> just a few, right? <laughs> yeah. What what uh, were were you anticipating meeting all those people? Did they have an effect on you on the trip? Some of the some of the guys like really fit into like classic Canadian like profiles, like the super thick accents. You know, ridiculous anecdotes about fishing or something or who knows but a couple came like way out of left field we met like the ex-mayor of one of the towns we passed through who like basically just gave us a sermon for an hour and a half about the end of days and how how we were fitting into it Uh, like he was probably the most out there i'd say um but it Really hard to point at like a negative interaction. I don't think we had one. Like remind, like no. trying my memory if I'm wrong. There was nothing. I was like, dude, like that sucked. Like no, no like it, people were either enthusiastic. There was a couple of people like we told about our route and they just kind of like drove away. They didn't believe us. That was a cool <laughs> moment in and of itself. But nothing like no, you know, super cool people. I think throughout the entire route um 
a lot of enthusiasm for what we were doing. Um, and that, that really paid back as we, you know, kind of ran into some of our own difficulties, just kind of understanding that even like strangers were, were excited about what we were doing. Uh, do we meet anyone else that, I don't I mean, I feel we just met so many characters. I feel just like so, so many, many people, yeah. yeah, along the way, and some who just continued to follow our journey throughout, like on social media, and supported us, shouted us out, and yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, I loved that aspect of the trip too. Huge just building that that road trip mentality was yeah, it was, was kind of cool. That, that it felt very different. And just, what is that was, road trip mentality you're talking? It just about? felt like we were going across Canada, like just in a less of a wilderness. Um, setting than we were used to and just kind of passing by towns every now and then and talking people up, telling them, you know, what's up and just hearing what they, what they were up to and really kind of sharing the experience mutually. Pretty cool. Absolutely. Paul Beach, thank you so much. Um, literally so thankful that I got to trip with you. Um, it means a ton. Yeah, man. Thank you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's couldn't, couldn't have done without you love, for, for real. Love you, dude. Love you. I'm glad I got talk, that recorded. Good talk, good talk. Anyways, that, that's been another episode of in the area podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, tap that follow button and follow along. Have a great evening guys. Bye.